even to this day like when i see my mum cry i'm kind of immune to it like i saw everything so so yeah i don't really hopefully a therapeutic healing process or positive the real focus was as a business was to make more famous work and that was actually exactly the time that we launched compare the market or compare the meerkat okay exactly at that time going how can we make work that stands out that doesn't just work but work that's famous that people talk about there's no professional way of turning someone down right because the moment that situation happens you reject somebody and there's no way of saving face for them in that relationship because in effect they are being humiliated it's always somebody older and much more senior much more powerful as a lot of young mothers do, I was trying to be superwoman. So I was trying to do everything all at the same time. I used to count the hours. I used to keep the children awake so that I could make sure that I spent more hours with them than, you know, the nanny did kind of thing. Did you ever witness uh, any of the physical yeah, yeah, 100%. abuse that was happening? Like for me, even to this day, like it's, 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 it's a thing. Even to this day, like when I see my mum cry, I'm kind of immune to it which is weird because because I was the first one that um, I was the first one that was born here like I saw everything so okay sorry want to take a minute no no I'm good you got any tissues? No, I'm good. It's still all. Okay. So yeah, I don't release. Right, it's just hopefully a therapeutic healing process, all, all positive. And I think yeah. for people to hear maybe going through something similar, just to hear how you've dealt with this and it hasn't stopped you from going on and succeeding yeah. great things. Yeah, I was the only one who saw all of it. So I didn't really... Yeah, like me and my sister, I have a little sister who's like two years younger than me. Literally, us two saw everything. And like there was times where like my mum would get like kicked out the house with me and my sister. And like we'd have to like walk in like the cold. Like it sounds like a mad sad story, but that's literally what happened. Do you get me? So it was just like, yeah, I'm at the point where like now I see my mum cry. And because I've seen her cry for so long, yeah, sometimes. Like I just, I'm in that state of confusion or like I freeze and just like, I don't know what to say or do kind of thing. Do you, do you think that's your, your like protective mechanism? Your yeah, way yeah, of dealing 100, with it? 100%. Like with my mum and dad's situation, like I've, I've seen it all. So it was just, again, like I'm saying, I was just very, very confused, very aware of what's happening. And I thought it was all right. And even that's the stuff that that kind of stuff influenced me in the wrong way because like there was times like I was this angry person that would like like just lash out and all that kind of stuff and it definitely came from that stuff and yeah but again in hindsight you don't want to be like that or you don't want to see your mum like that and all that kind of stuff and I think that's that's the kind of things that fueled what I do now in regards to like 
there was no other option. Like, I had to become like the man of my house like very early. So, again, part of my dad's decision is again part of why I'm I'm who I am. Do you do you remember a moment? Was there a point where you're like, I'm gonna have to step up here, um, or it just happened? Well, as long as I know, if I make money, it's not just my money. Even for me getting student loan, I made sure that I was given some money back home to help out. Or let's say my little brother's birthday parties and stuff. Or let's say getting kickers for my brother. Like I would do what I can to make sure I'm contributing to help that. To this day, I still feel like I have to do that. Looking back, if you could speak to yourself then, what would you say to yourself about how to deal with that situation? I'll just say carry on working, man. Mm. <laughs> I say say carry on working. Like, it's not always gonna. Yeah, it's not always gonna be like this. I would say. And so you're going, you're going through this at home. You know, you've gone, you've had quite a big shake up. You're still at school, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how did how did that affect your kind of school life around those times as well? And the real focus was as a business was to make more famous work. And that was actually exactly the time that we launched Compare the Market or Compare the Meerkat. Okay. Exactly at that time, going, how can we make, make work that stands out, that doesn't just work, but work that's famous that people talk about? Well, you certainly achieved that. So, yes. So, Compare, compare the Meerkat, which has run ever since. I mean, loads of people yeah. thought that was going to be a six-month campaign. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it continues to this day. It was a phenomenally effective uh, uh, campaign. So Compare the Market became the fourth most visited insurance website in the UK as a result of the work VCSP did. From basically a standing start. The story is quite interesting on Compare the Market. All all price comparison websites are pretty much the same. There's no discernible difference. You know, they're sort of, you know, you can't touch them. You don't Mm. visit them in, in person. They're just search sites. So, you know, we tasked ourselves with, giving it a personality, making it stand out. And to try and find the way to do that, one of the one of the interesting things was the cost of your search term, extremely high, of compare car insurance costs you a lot. Mm-hmm. But the word to rank highly on to Google rank highly on your Google search. Mm-hmm. But Meerkat, so that's like five pounds. Meerkat was no one was searching for Meerkat, so that was like five P. <laughs> no one was searching it for then. Then yeah. so so basically flipping it round with that what people thought was a pun but's been extremely enduring was extremely cost effective way because the, you know their search spend could be really low and they got vast fast fast traffic because people a, were searching for compared to so people just had meerkat yeah it's a very smart strategic so it's a move. very smart way in mm. and obviously executed brilliantly and i had nothing to do with it so i can't take the can't take the straps on that one but talking about effectiveness in 2010 the website was receiving more than 2 million hits per month yes yes and the site's overall sales doubled. I mean, it's, they, it was phenomenal commercial uh, effect, uh, story for Compare the Market as a business. But culture is a cultural phenomenon. So, you know, Alexander Orlov, the meerkat, his autobiography outsold Tony Blair's autobiography. <laughs> you know, it this was, is a real book was, you can buy was, in the bookstore. Absolutely. For this CGI my my sister bought me the book for Christmas, not knowing that my agency <laughs> wrote the book. <laughs> It was a cultural phenomenon, you know. I think at the time, Alexander had more followers on. It's like the birth of Twitter, wasn't it? 
Alex Ender had more followers on Twitter than like Cheryl Cole and people like that. It was it was crazy. <laughs> wow, and, and still uh, it, it still is. It's it's phenomenal. Mm. Alexander even started a petition to add the word "simples" to the dictionary. It's in the dictionary. It is in the it dictionary. Is in the dictionary. <laughs> and the other other one of the other stats used to every time you took out a policy, you'd get a a toy, a little uh, meerkat, a little yeah puppy. yeah. I, I was sent um, one of those actually. And well, compare the market became the after McDonald's Happy Meals the biggest toy distributor in the whole of the UK because they were shifting that many policies off the back of it. Wow. So that is a phenomenal, it's a great demonstration of the power of creativity. Mm. That's effective advertising right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. But it's effective and creatively powerful, mm. which is what you need as an agency. It's not just enough to do work that works. You need to do work that people are really proud of because that's how you get your talent in. Because mm. agencies are fundamentally, we're about people, we're about talent. So what so about O2, which was hmm. your account, yes. what you were brought in to thrive? Yes. What did you do? How did you make the impact that you wanted to? In media, in advertising, there are always lots and lots and lots of um, social situations, lots of parties, lots of bars, lots of hanging out. The real kind of danger point for me, which I got really adept at handling because you sort of see danger points and then um, try and extricate yourself from situations before they happen is the old you know you can see people are getting drunker and drunker and drunker and then you know they're people that are that are used to behaving inappropriately and quite successfully with their female population usually much 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 more junior much younger people um and the most dangerous dangerous situation which you get adept at handling is um because there's no there's no professional um way of turning someone down right because the moment that situation happens um you have re you reject somebody and there's no way of saving face for them in that relationship because in effect they are being humiliated and usually it would be somebody, it's always somebody older and much more senior, much more powerful. And Someone who can hire you, fire you, yeah, promote absolutely, you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But that was, that was part of the role back in the day. I mean, this was going back, back some. I mean, not too far back. I'm talking probably only five years ago, mm. which is crazy. Oh. So recent past but no doubt still happening to this very day and will happen absolutely although being called out massively now i think i think people are much more frightened of going there now because they, they there isn't the safety and security in, in their position in their power i mean after me too you know you'd be much much more concerned about going there but um What's but your it advice? still goes on yeah what are your advice or your tips for someone who who is who could be finding themselves in these kind of environments and situations. Yeah, I think that I think that nowadays it's much more about speaking out. I think there's say there's a lot more safety and security in speaking out than there was for me when I was in my 20s and 30s. Um because speaking out then meant you know casting your career aside. You know, you could choose between um calling somebody out and you know, continuing your career at that business because, you know, they would move <clears throat> if uh, a more senior guy had an affair with a more junior woman, they'd they'd just pay off the woman. Nowadays, 
you know, there are so many more safety nets in place and so many more sort of internal initiatives, you know, employment laws, there's people are protected, but still it does happen. So it's not the responsibility of the victim really in these circumstances to prevent it from happening. Um, it's never a bad thing to recognize when it is happening so that you can protect yourself. But now it is much more about um, having the confidence to, to actually speak out because, you know, if that person is, is um, directing that unwanted attention at one person, then they're not going to be the only person that it's directed at. So it's about stamping it out nowadays. But there wasn't that option in my day at all. So you had to, you had to handle things very carefully and as a team quite a lot of the time scary there's another it doesn't end there as a as a mother you experience the challenges with uh presenteeism as a lot of young mothers do i was trying to be superwoman so i was trying to do everything all at the same time what was that like um, paint, paint the picture for us of what well was i going think it was on. quite stressful for everybody else i, mean, I was just <laughs> i i think i felt very guilty the whole time that i wasn't giving enough to every part of my life so that i wasn't spending enough time. I used to count the hours. I used to keep the children awake so that I could make sure that I spent more hours with them than, than, than you know, the nanny did kind of thing. Because we had a wonderful nanny, I have to say. Um, so you'd count the hours that you'd spent with them compared to the nanny? Yeah, to make sure that I, I, the balance was right. Wow. I um, obviously wasn't, I was barely speaking to my um, husband. Uh, he, he got very short shrift at that time. Um, although, you know, he was uh, a saint, as he always is about it. Um, I wasn't seeing friends. When I um, phoned my um, parents, my father would say, hello, stranger. Nice, nice of you to call. Um, and then I also felt the whole time like as though I, you know, was I giving enough to work? Was I giving enough to the clients? Um, so it seems like in every area you're feeling like you're not giving enough of yourself. Yeah. How was that to deal with like mentally? Well, I had a lot of help mentally so you know I, I will say now you know therapy helps with that kind of thing because I was uh, there's a great book for anybody who is in the same situation and I read it at exactly the right time and it's it's quite a difficult book to read but when I read it I read it and I reread it and it's called Addicted to Perfection by a Jungian therapist um, called Marion Woodman and she talks in it about the archetype, and it's not an uncommon archetype, of women who are constantly trying to please, you know, a father who is difficult to please in their head. And that makes them very alpha orientated at work. It makes them try to achieve the impossible the whole time. Um, and it makes them intolerant of things that are messy. And the fact is, is that life is messy. And when you have small children, literally, it's quite messy, you know. And I was advised um, by somebody to consider meditation. And so I started it then and I meditate still now for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, depending on the day, wow. um, every morning. And I would recommend that to anybody and, you know, people sometimes go, oh, I've tried it, but I, uh, you know, I wasn't very good at it. It's like, there's no such thing as that. You can't not be good at it. It's kind of like, 
if you're lying there and, and you're allowing yourself to feel safe in that moment and to breathe, you know, use breathing techniques, you know, and I like candles. Um, and it's now as um, common a practice to me as cleaning my teeth. So just oh, as okay. I wouldn't come out without cleaning my teeth, I wouldn't come out without finding those 10, 15 minutes. And I remember saying to somebody, and I've, I've given this advice to other people. I don't know if, if you guys meditate or, yeah, but, yes, but yeah, you know, day. sometimes people go, I haven't got time. And when I said that to the person that recommended it to me, she said, if you really can't find 10 minutes for yourself in the day, then you've got a world of problems. Mm. Um, and uh, that's all you need, right? It's yeah. so yeah, true. Yeah. It, and it, it really does buy you back time in the day. How, yeah. how much time does it cost you to make a mistake, make an error? Yeah. You know, make a mis say say the wrong thing and suddenly you're giving yourselves maybe days of problems. Yeah. Because you didn't take that 10, 15 yeah. minutes to just pause and be present.